You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. It is Sunday once again, and uh, I am coming to you from my home, from my special preaching chair now. This has now been claimed my special preaching chair. (laughs) Hopefully it won't be for long, and I will be... We will all be together on next Sunday, hopefully. That's the way it's planned, so we'll go that way. Um, I am going to talk to you from Psalms 27 and from John 11 today. And Psalms 27 is a verse that our church is very familiar with because we believe that God gave us this verse um, as something to hold on to and to um, declare, and that is this. What would I have become? What would have become of me? had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. I would see the the goodness of God in the land of the living. What would have become of me? Last week, I talked about being expectant and and not to lose our expectancy in this moment. And I'm going to keep along those lines, but go a little bit in depth, a little bit more in depth, because I really feel that um, God is endeavoring to encourage us to, to stay expectant. One of the things that, as I was studying this, when when David is saying, uh, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the goodness of God? What, what would have happened to me? One of the things that as I was reading it, I felt like God said, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Are you looking at me? Or are you looking at the circumstance? Um, David is, is saying in this moment that that what would have become of me had I not been looking for the goodness of God, had I not been expecting the goodness of God, what would have become? To expect something is to be looking for it, is to be searching for it, is is to be keeping our eyes open for what is to come. And many times we get in the middle of circumstance or struggle, and some of it's real, guys. Like I, I, sometimes you lose your way, and you need help. You need uh, the help of a friend, or the help of and um, the Holy Spirit um, to pull you out of it. But, but in the middle of those things, sometimes we begin to focus on on the struggle, on the circumstance, on it instead of looking for the goodness of God in the middle of it. I want to read a quote. Um, well, first of all, in the verses prior to Psalms 27, 13, um, verses 11 and 12, David is talking about his enemies that are after him. And it's struggle after struggle. And they're talking about me and they want me dead. Like, it's just one thing after the other. And then right after that is when he goes into the verse, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see? The goodness of God. Another version says, um, you know, all my enemies are after me, but then he goes, still, I believe that I will see the goodness of God. What was he saying there? He's saying, I, I'm looking, I'm looking for the goodness of God. I, I know that somewhere in this mess, I am going to see the goodness of God. Um, I, here's a commentary that I just wanted to read. It said, David knew that if, it, if he had given up hope, if he had believed that God had let him down, if he had believed what the devil and his circumstances were telling him, that his life would have been destroyed and he never would have fulfilled the call and the plan of God for his life. Yes, God made him a promise, but it was his confidence in God that brought him out of his difficulties into blessing. 
What was David looking at? He was looking for the goodness of God. And so I was thinking about those things and I was thinking about the verse that says, um, he'll give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He'll give you the oil of joy instead of mourning. He'll give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I was thinking about that, pondering on it and thinking about God showing up, right? And he's like, Megan, here is a crown of beauty for you. I know you're going through a lot. I know, I know that there's been pain and there's been pressure and there's been hard things, but here's a crown of beauty. And, and, and sometimes because we're not looking, we're, we're focused on what's happened around us that we're looking at the ashes. We're, uh, yeah, God, look at the ashes. And he's saying, but I got a crown of beauty, but look at the ashes. You know, or, or we're like, look, look at the heaviness. There's so much heaviness. I'm feeling heavy. And he's like, I brought you a garment of praise, but we continue to look at what's going on around us, the hard things around us, instead of looking for the goodness of God. Remember this, that, that in the middle of loss, in the middle of pain, good will always, always, always come from come from it always will god takes difficult frustrating seasons even pain and causes good to come forth from it look for the goodness of god in the middle of loss let's go to john 11 and it's a story that we know well i'm sure most of us have heard this story maybe some of us haven't but it's a story of lazarus and we're going to read it but i want us to look at it um, from the perspective of what am i looking at so John 11, verse one, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who would later pour the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. And then he says, no, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God would receive glory from this. This sounds like a crisis moment, right? Mary and Martha are watching their brother who is the one that basically takes care of them and their, and their financial needs. You know, he, he's, he's the one that cover is their covering in that day and time. And all of a sudden he's dying and they send for Jesus. They're in the middle of a crisis moment. This is not, you know, this is, this is a moment where they're sending for Jesus, recognizing that he may not make it. He's probably going to die. And they're in the middle of crisis. And Jesus says, this is, this is for the glory of God. This, he, how does he say it? He says, um, this happened for the glory of God and God will receive glory for this. What? <laughs> I don't, I, I picture we read it and we're like, oh yeah, because we know how the story ends. But imagine you didn't know how the story ends. Imagine this was you and you're in the middle of something that's like my brother is about to die. The, the person that's my covering, it, my world feels like it's coming to an end. And Jesus says, this is for the glory of God. Uh, what? <laughs> but there's a difference here in this is that that God knows the outcome. God knows how things are going to turn out, how he's working things. He knows we don't. And so in moments like this where where we don't understand, we need to recognize that the moment that you're in right now, 
God sees. You can't see, but God can see how this turns out. So this is where Jesus steps in and says, he's seeing from um, an eternal perspective. He's seeing from what God can see. And he says, this is going to bring glory to God. Let's go on. Verse five. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So first to point out where it says, Jesus, although he loved them, he stayed. In other words, although he loved them, he made them wait. And sometimes we get into places of waiting and, and we think, where has God left us? How has he abandoned us? No, sometimes we're in the waiting because he loves us. Sometimes we're in the waiting because he's doing something in our lives. He's molding and making something in our lives. We're in this waiting where we don't quite understand, but sometimes the waiting is to cause us to look to him. Sometimes the waiting is to cause us to dig deep. But there's there's purpose always behind the waiting on God. We'll look at that in a bit. But the middle of it, he says, although he loved them. Some of you need to understand that in the middle of this, and I'm not just talking about being in isolation, the church being shut down. I am recognizing that, man, they there has been a lot that has been going on and talking to a lot of you in your lives. There has been a lot that has been going on in my life, in your life, where the enemy maybe is even trying to stir up stuff or, you know, it just seems like it's been hit after hit. First of all, you need to understand this, that he loves you. You may feel like you are in waiting in this moment. You may even feel like he's abandoned you. He hasn't. Listen to this verse. He loves you. Although he made you wait, he loves you. There's frustration in the waiting. Sometimes we feel like we're stuck in the waiting. It doesn't look like we're moving or doing, it doesn't look like he's moving or doing anything, but he knows exactly what he's doing. And it's important to remember that even though I'm in this place of waiting, because some of us are, we're in this place of waiting, that he loves you, that he loves you. Jesus made them wait because he knew what was going to happen next. We want him to fix our situation immediately because we don't know what's happening next. Verse 11 says, then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. He's talking to the disciples. He says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon be get, get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. <laughs> I I love this for two reasons. One, um, I guess one of the thoughts that I had was, how can you walk around with Jesus and, and not believe? Because really, that's what he says to him. He says to the disciples, I'm glad for your sake that you get to see or that this all happened and that we, that, that we didn't show up beforehand because now you'll really believe. Now you really believe. That's the thing with pain and loss sometimes is that it takes us to this place of I am, 
I'm moving past myself and what I can control and now I'm really trusting you. Because a lot of times what happens is we say that we believe, we say that we trust in God and you know, we do until what is out of our, what was in our control becomes out of control, becomes out of our control. And suddenly we have no means of controlling it. That's where we're searching our hearts and think, you know what? I need to trust him. I need to trust him. Um, but this verse is really important for me in, and for us in this moment, because um, this is what I heard God say. Again, um, the moment that I had heard that the church was closing, its, or the church had to close its doors, um, remembering that there was so much more going on, that you, there was just, you know, there was just issues um, within the, the church body, the body of Christ, people going through so much in, in this moment. And then the church doors being shut was kind of like, just like another thing. Right. And, and as I heard, um, the report that, Hey, you're going to have to shut down. I heard the, these words that he said to the disciples, I'm glad I wasn't there <laughs> for now. You will really believe. I heard those words for now. You'll really believe. In other words, now you're really going to see the glory of God. Now, now you're going to see where impossible situations turn around. Do I know how? No, I don't know. But I do know that I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, that you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. What we're going through, the circumstances and the trials that we are going through in this present time what am I looking at? What am I expecting? I'm expecting God to come through because he promised it. I'll show you a little bit more as we go on. But I hope this is encouraging you because it really encouraged me. It's what keeps rolling around in my spirit. Now you will really believe. Now you will really believe because I'm about to do something miraculous. Psalms 55, um, 22 uh, yeah, Psalms 55, 22 to 23. It says, give your burden to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. He says, give your, take your cares. Those, those burdens that you're carrying, those things that you're looking at, those things that are, that you're staring at thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, or I don't even know how God's going to come through on this one. He says, give those to me. Why? Because he leaves this promise that says, I will not permit the godly to slip and to fall. So we'll go to verse 33. And says, when Jesus saw her weeping, so he shows up now, him and the disciples, they're at the tomb and he shows up and Martha's there. And this is where it takes off in verse 33. Jesus saw her weeping and he saw the other people wailing with her. A deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them and they told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? You see that? So Jesus shows up and he's about to, I mean, we don't know that, or they don't know that at this, at this point, but he's about to raise someone from the dead. And this is what they say. They like, he, he, he's a healer. He healed blind men. Couldn't he have healed 
Lazarus? Couldn't have you stopped Lazarus from dying? They say this because they know Jesus as a healer. They have no frame of reference for Jesus as a resurrector, uh, as someone that raises people from the dead. All they know is this is the guy that heals people, but no frame of reference. See, what God, when he says, I'm going to do something greater, which is he has said to our church, which he said to us, he's said greater is yet to come. When he says that, sometimes we have no frame of reference. When we say greater is yet to come, it's in it's in the context of how we know him. And he says, no, 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 no. I'm going to blow your mind. It's, it's going to be bigger than you can think about. It's greater. You know me as this, but I'm going to about to show up as something else that that's greater than anything you ever know. Church, this is for us. This is for you. Um, what you're going through right now, you may know him as something. He may have worked this way and this way in your life and you know him as that and you're looking like he's going to show up like this guy says I'm going to it's going to be greater I'm going to show up in ways you don't even know greater is yet to come but greater is often beyond what we know or what we can comprehend in verse 38 it says Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance and Jesus says roll the stone aside but Martha the dead man's sister protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. That smell will be terrible. Jesus replied, didn't I tell you that you would see the glory of God if you believe? Jesus is standing right there. Jesus, the one who's about to perform a miracle, the only one who can perform a miracle for um, Lazarus. And he says, roll the stone away. And, and Martha says, looking at the tomb, she says, well, that's going to smell. Jesus, that's a mess. That, that he's been dead for a long time. You understand you're the healer. Um, and you weren't here to heal him. So that's just going to be a mess. And what I saw in this moment is Martha is standing at the very one she could behold. She's standing right next to Jesus. She would could just look to him and say, you know, roll away that stone. But instead, she's still looking at the mess. She's still looking at the tomb. She's still looking at the circumstance. And so Jesus is, is about to step in and move. Much like we talked about him showing up with the crown of beauty in the middle of, um, of ashes and, and we're staring at ashes and he's saying, here's my, here's the crown of beauty for you. It's the same thing where he's standing next to Martha and he's saying, roll the stone away. I'm about to do a miracle. And Martha's saying, it's going to stink. Don't you see? This is a mess, Jesus. He's dead, Jesus. And what does Jesus reply to her? Didn't I say that you would see the glory of God if you would only believe? In other words, he's saying, if you would only look, if you would only believe that you would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I just felt this for us, for our body in the middle of expecting that Jesus, that, that the father is saying to us, even in this moment, didn't I say, didn't I say that if you would only believe you would see the glory of God? There are things that he has said over our church, over the church body. He said, greater is yet to come. He says, you're going to see the goodness of God, that there is a move of my spirit. And then for some of you, he said, I'm going to cause restoration to come into your family. I'm going to cause a turnaround to happen. I'm causing health to come into your body. I'm causing health to come into your family. You know, prosperity is coming. I'm causing things to work 
work together for good, didn't he say? And I just see him stepping into these moments where we're still looking at how things, how things are and, and or some of us are looking at how things were and we just keep focusing on it and Jesus is stepping us into this moment with us into our church even with our doors shut down saying didn't I say that if you would believe you would see the glory of God in other words it is time to take your perspective and what you're looking at and begin to look at me look at me I was thinking about that as he was talking to me and I was thinking of the verse in Isaiah 43 that says, forget the former things. Tamaris talked about that last week. She said that God just keeps saying, stop looking at what was. You keep looking at what was. It's time to turn your focus. I'm doing a new thing and that's what this verse says. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the, in the wasteland. In this verse, he's saying, I am making a way where there seems to do, be no way in a wilderness situation. I am making streams to come up where there's never been water. I, I'm, I'm doing things, but he asks this question. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. What's he saying? He's saying, look, Turn your attention. Look, he sings. First of all, he tells the instructions, stop looking behind you. Stop looking at what was. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. And then he says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Then he's taking us to the present moment. Do you not perceive that I am doing something? In that moment, I feel like he's asking, can you guys not see this? Look at, I'm, I'm moving, I'm working, but yet you're blinded because you're looking at the present moment circumstance. You're looking at the present moment instead of turning your eyes and, and see and believing that you would see the goodness of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that, that he is inviting us into this place in this moment. For some of you, it's because you keep looking at the past and what was like Tamaris talked about. What was, maybe it was, you feel like it was better or that he's moved you into uncomfortable places and you feel uncomfortable, but you need to hold on to the fact that this is the goodness of God. It may feel like loss. It's not loss. He's going to turn this around for good. You will see the goodness of God. And then for some of you, you're looking at the, the, the mass chaos going on around you. And I'm not taking, um, it lightly. Some of, some of you, a lot of you are going through some seriously hard times and, and, and there, you know, there's peace. He can be in the middle of it. He can also be outside of it and he can lead you through it. All of them at the same time. But I know that you're going through it. But, but my encouragement to you, what I hear the heart of the father saying is don't get so stuck looking at the circumstance in front of you that you stop looking for the goodness of God, that, that you stop believing that you're going to see the goodness of God in the middle of it. And like he says, see, look, I'm doing a new thing. And church, church, body of Christ, this is for us. See, 
look, I am doing a new thing. I know that it might seem, it's not like anything you've ever seen before, but I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Be invited into this place where we begin to look and behold God as he is doing. We are expecting him to come because he said that he would. So I challenge you, church, begin to look for the greater things. In verse 41, it says, so they rolled the stone aside. This is awesome. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they would believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Imagine, imagine that. They're standing there their frame of reference is Jesus' healer. And suddenly he yells in this loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he comes out of the tomb. And then he says, um, the dead man came out, his hands, feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus said to them, unwrap them, unwrap him and let him go. What a powerful story. But you need to understand that when situations seem dead, God can bring life and breathe life into it once again. So if you are in a situation that seems like, man, we have hit the end. This is the end. It doesn't have to be the end. It, it all is not lost. All is not lost. I feel that for someone. All is not lost. That, that Jesus can breathe into this situation. Begin to look for the good. He's doing, he's doing something good. So back to Psalms 27, and we'll end here. It says, What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? But then 14, verse 14 says this, Wait and hope and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope and expect the Lord. I am encouraging this for you on this Sunday morning, wherever you are, if you're in isolation, if you're not, um, if you're struggling, if you're not, wait, hope for, expect the Lord. This is David's encouragement even to us. Wait and hope for. Why? Because he always comes through. And 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 he, like he said, where would I be if, if I didn't hold on to the fact that I would see the goodness of God. Psalms 25 says this, Oh my God, in you I trust. So he says, I will lift up my soul. My God, in you will I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. That is your promise. None of, none of you who wait for the Lord will be put to shame. So I'm asking you those questions today. What, what did God say to you? What did he say if you'd only believe? There are promises that many of you have um, that you hold on to. And, and maybe you've dropped them or just life got overwhelming. And, and I just hear the Father saying that over you today. Didn't I say that if you'd believe, you'd see the glory of God? Didn't I say? Isn't that good? Didn't I say? And and then the other one is where, um, where Jesus said, um, I'm, I'm glad this happened because now you will really believe. 
we are on the edge and I know I've said it a hundred times and I, I will continue to say it because I know that I know and I, I, I know you know too that we're on the edge of something huge that that there there are things that are about to happen that are amazing I don't know what they are but I do know that he is doing something in our midst and um, he's always good and his plans for us are good and not for evil. And so um, in these times where things seem like, oh, uncertain, whatever, change what you're looking at. Look to him. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Uh, check your heart. Check your heart this morning and to say, you know what? Maybe I have been focusing a little bit on how, you know, life has maybe knocked me down or I feel frustrated. Change your focus. Begin to expect the Lord and believe that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Do not lose heart. You will not be put to shame. I love you, church family. Um, I can't wait to be with you. And uh, I miss you like crazy. But this is good times. Greater days are ahead of us. Be blessed. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.